Hey there, Aaron Stiefel here, or La Stief, as all you Sports Dan Radio fans know. Welcome to The Odds Maker. We're going to be talking about betting, gambling, wagering, investing, and praying to the sports gods on monthly episodes coming your way. I'm going to be bringing my best bets. I'm going to be bringing strategy, bets to avoid, and a sports fan's best friend, season-long future bets. On today's episode, we'll be talking about UFC 250 coming to you this weekend. We'll be bringing on a special fan guest to talk about NFL futures. And lastly, going with your gut in the Bundesliga Soccer League. Let's talk about UFC 250 coming up this weekend. A lot of exciting fights, but not a lot of favorable bets. So let's look at the main event. Amanda the Lioness Nunes, the champ, facing the challenger Felicia Phenom Spencer. Now, Amanda Nunes is a heavy favorite. No surprise there. Two-weight class champ. Ripped through every big name you can think of. And she's up against this up-and-comer, the Phenom, that honestly has only had nine fights. And surprising to see her in a title match already, but I think she deserves it. But we'll get there. I'm skipping ahead. DK Nation lists that Amanda Nunes is a negative 560 favorite, while Felicia Spencer is a positive 425 underdog. For every $560 you bet on Amanda Nunes, you get back 100 Not a great return. For every 100 you bet on Felicia Spencer, you make an extra 450 or 425 the problem is Spencer's got to win for you to collect on that money. And so that's why 81% of the tickets are on Amanda Nunes. People betting are all over Amanda Nunes. But strangely, the money, the handle, is 70%. Now, why is that important? Well, what that tells us is that the sports books are actually having a huge exposure on Amanda Nunes. Let me explain. Now, obviously, you're thinking, well, 70%, yeah, they have a lot of exposure. But no, let me explain the math. Now, if you're right now listening on a podcast... I recommend switching over to our YouTube and viewing this. We're going to put up some numbers to help you follow. Let's look at a $1,000 example of bets. If we split that up 84% to 16%, that's really what the sports books want to see. So that's $840 on Amanda Nunes, $160 on Felicia Spencer. Well, if Amanda Nunes wins, they pay out $150 to the public or to the betters. $160 minus $150. This is $10 profit of every thousand. If they have a million dollars in bets, that is $10,000 in the sportsbook's pockets. Nice day at the office. The Phenom wins. Felicia Spencer, the Canadian, brings it out. Whew, they're only paying out $680, and they took an $840. That's $160 per thousand. You have to do that math real quick. $160,000, right? That means they're making anywhere from $10,000 to $160,000. Win-win. Unfortunately, they're not living in that world. They're living in the 70-30 world, where it's $700 on Amanda Nunes for every thousand and $300 on Spencer. So when Amanda Nunes wins, they're paying out only $125, and they're making $175. $300 minus $125, $175. That's $175,000. That's more than either of the wins in the other one, right? So what's wrong with that? <laughs> what's wrong with that is if the Phenom does pull off that upset, they're paying out $1,275 per thousand. Carry the one. Yeah, the math doesn't work. You can't pay out twelve seventy-five per thousand, and worse than that, you only got seven hundred. That means they're losing five hundred seventy-five dollars per thousand. I don't need a calculator for that one. That is over half a million dollars lost to the books. Five hundred seventy-five thousand. That's per million dollar bets. Not a lot of other sports going on, so there's gonna be a lot of betting on the main event here. And people love Nunes. And that's, I think, the point. If people love Nunes, why haven't the sports books switched the odds or done something to take that exposure away? Well, I think they're banking on the public. The public is your casual sports fan, right? They're going to show up and they're going to say, hey, who's the favorite? Oh, I recognize Amanda Nunes. They're going to bet on that. They're probably going to bring that 70% closer to 80%. But on top of that, 
the books are okay with that exposure. The big thing is the sharps. Now, where do they come in? If there's 81% and 70%, that means that most of the money is on the favor. Sorry, is on the underdog, and that means that the sharps, the professional betters, the people who are in the know, well, they're taking Felicia Spencer. They're taking the underdog. I. Whoa. Sorry, uh, producer Matt. What are you doing here? Producer Matt here, um, quietly and dimly uh, producing the show when I. I had to jump in because I'm a little confused by this. Um, Got to ask you a little question here, and it's more not more about math; it's more about feel. What what is it about about Nunez? I know the math dictates that we should bet the other way, but is anything in her actual fighting style and her past fights? Is there some is she, is she lacking? Is she, I know you said it's the phenom. What what are, what are we not seeing here? Just as as casual fans who are watching the fight. What are we not seeing that why Spencer could ultimately win other than just the math version of it? I hear, I hear. And I think that UFC fans listening to this are on your side, right? They're thinking Amanda Nunes, the woman who knocked out Holly Holm with her but own finishing move. Like, am I, am I crazy to bet against Nunes? Because I think I, I feel like I am, but. It's funny. And I feel that way too a little bit because I'm like, she literally took Holly Holm, the woman who beat Ronda Rousey. And she said, I'm not just going to beat you. I'm going to knock you out with your own finishing move. She kicked her to the head. It was art. Amanda Nunes is a beast. She knocked out Chris Cyborg in 51 seconds, right? And Chris Cyborg beat Felicia Spencer in a three-round fight. But the key here is Felicia Spencer didn't go down. And I think there's really free, th- sorry, a few reasons here why Miss Spencer is where we should be picking, eh? Sorry, I couldn't help with the Canadian thing in there. Oh, you hoser. But here's the keys. One. We've seen in the last, since all these fights have come back, the underdog keeps winning these main events. Now, they were much smaller underdogs. But Felicia Spencer has that chin. She can take those punches. That means we're going to go past Amanda Nunez's comfort zone. She gasses. Now, she's an extreme athlete. Don't get me wrong. and I'm not trying to insult her. But we've seen her. She comes out heavy. And in a normal fight, three rounds, three five-minute rounds, she's getting to the end, no problem. But when there's a fourth and fifth, those two championship five-minute rounds added on, she starts to slow down, She's and, and she starts to get hit. We just saw her in her last day. She got hit a few times. Ah, we all thought Nunes was about to go down. We all had money on Nunes. Let me be clear here. But this time, Felicia Spencer has a different feel to her. So I think she has a puncher's chance if she can land that punch. And more likely than not, she's going to take her down. That's where Felicia Spencer is an exquisite wrestler. And when Nunes starts to gas in those later rounds, she's going to take her, push her up against the cage in the clinch, trip her. And choke her out. That's where the submission is going to come in. And so, hey, am I saying that it's probable that Felicia Spencer is going to win? No, no, no. But is it possible? Definitely. And I think if we're looking at this, let me just come back to the math for a sec, right? Amanda Nunes has to win six out of seven hypothetical fights for us to make money on her, for us to be profitable. Felicia Spencer needs to win five out of six. Sorry, one out of six. I'm just saying, in a fight where I think this is being overlooked, I think that this is a an up-and-comer. This is like the Conor McGregor versus Aldo. This is the sort of spot where people just don't expect it. Just last week, Burns beat up Woodley. No one saw that coming, or maybe they did. But the fact is that this is a spot where I think taking that one in six versus that six out of seven is a much better spot. And just one thing to note, total side note, I love that the books are able to give us Seven hypothetical fights for Nunez and only six for Felicia Spencer, right? That difference of a fight, that's the vig, that's the vigorous. That's how they give us these favorite fights because otherwise, how would they possibly put it out there? They just said even money. Well, obviously, I'm putting money on Nunez. I would be an idiot to take Spencer. And that's what you're saying, right? Well, that, that's what I was thinking, but I am, uh, I am invigorated. 
by that explanation. I think that was awesome. Uh, thanks. I'm Ben Spencer. And so am I. I got $182 to win 1001 on Spencer. Ooh. Okay, I was going to put about $12, but, you know, we see where we're, where we're coming from here. Oh, we'll see how it goes, right? It might be Blink-182. Going to Blink when a minute Nunes knocks her out. But on the other side... <laughs> well, I guess the, this is growing up, huh? But on the other side, maybe people are feeling a little more conservative. They can hedge that, right? If you put 182 to win 1,000, you can put a few bucks on Amanda Nunes to win by knockout, to win by decision. Those are going to be some juicy odds there. And that hedge that hedge sounds sounds pretty good to me, though. Like maybe just throw a little bit the other way in case on, it goes sideways. And on the other side, this isn't you or me, Matt. But for those guys who are partying it up and they get to that main event, they're like, who's pro- Amanda Nunes, Felicia Spencer? <sighs> I feel Felicia Spencer, man. Phenom by submission. They're going to get insane odds on that. And I'm not recommending that if you're looking for profit, but if you're looking for a good time, I think that's the way to go. Awesome, man. Well, thanks for letting me interrupt. Uh, I was sorry to do it, but I was just, my mind was blown when you said not, not Nunez. So... Now I'm I understand. With you. Well, and speaking for, of good time, and, re- and for the record, I'm going Spencer. For the record, I'm going. I'm betting. I'm going to my legal bookie. I'm betting on Spencer. No Thanks. refunds for me, by the way. Just a disclaimer. This is this is a. <laughs> Thanks, Steve. Speaking of good times, let's look at that SDR production of Sherlock Holmes and his theory. For too long, I've sat idly by as some of our biggest and most important sports mysteries of our lifetime have come and gone without the true fanfare they deserve. So on this show, we'll be fanning those flames and getting into some of the biggest sports mysteries out there. Rest easy, everyone. Sherlock Holmes is on the case. Our first investigation in the Sherlock Home Regards the Ravens Niners Super Bowl from 2013, famous for having a blackout. My intense research has brought me four primary theories. Four theories. Let's line them up. Into the Sherlock home, <laughs> where we're joined by our Watsons of the week. I'm trying to distract the people in the stadium near the switch, correct? No. In the, in the stadium, the I would think that the on to NFL futures. Let's welcome our special fan guest, Morty Yankovic. Hey, Morty, thanks for joining. Hey, Steve, thanks for having me. Uh, it's great to have you on. Is there anything that the fans need to know, other than the fact that you are a diehard 49ers fan? Um, the fans definitely should know that I'm a diehard 49ers fan. I'm still not over the Super Bowl loss, but I'm so excited for this season. Fans or no fans, we need some football. Amen. All right, let's move on into our actual NFL talk. And first up, I'm going to talk about a bet that I call the ex-girlfriend. Okay. Right. It's a bet that you know you need to get away from, but you just keep coming back to it. And for me, that's the AFC East, right? As a Jets fan, I can't be objective. I mean, it's like when you look at the 49ers, right? You're probably a little less yeah, objective than you should the be. The Niners were in the Super Bowl last year, Stiefel. What have the Jets done in the last 20 years? Make my stomach turn. But anyways, <laughs> I love them. I love them. Uh, and the, that's the problem. And so but look at the AFC East. Again, I shouldn't have done this, but with Brady leaving and a lot of their defensive players getting poached off the pats, you know, they're just like like an injured gazelle or can we call it a past their prime Giselle per se. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's your thoughts on the AFC East? We're looking at, let me just check it out here, uh, plus 130 for the Bills to win, plus 140 for the Pats to win, and then both the Dolphins and Jets are plus 700, 7 to 1. 
Yeah, so I think Jets are probably the best value bet. Um, I think Darnold's going to be very good. The receivers, I, I don't trust, especially with the Nunua gone, uh, Anderson gone. Um, they did uh, draft a, uh, a, kid, a talented kid, but who knows how he's going to be his first year. Yeah, I'm not so high um, on Mims. I'm, I'm still going back with the Pats. Um, they still got Belichick. They're still in one of the worst divisions in the history of professional but sports. What is Stidham? What is Stidham? You, you're Brian Hoyer guy? Belichick, Belichick won with Castle. He won with Jimmy G. He won with Brissett. They got a nasty secondary. Uh, I'm still, and he's going to find a way to shift people around. He's still got these nasty scat backs. He's got Edelman who's shifty. He's got the, uh, the rookie from last year, Harry. I, I, I still think the Pats are going. I don't trust Josh Allen at big spot. Way too inconsistent. I don't think Darnold's there yet, and we know the fish got nothing going for them. So uh, Pats I, are I, my Pats are my favorite. I think Jets are a decent value bet, but my money's on the Pats. So uh, I'm going to go very different. Um, I, I love Josh Allen, but I agree. I think that they have overperformed, and he is inconsistent. My Jets, I do not. I think they're going to go backwards. And here's the problem, right? The Finns last year, the Dolphins, how many games did they win? You tell me. Five games, right? So there's actually an over-under on them for six, and I grabbed that because okay. it was definitely going to be better than last year. And so I got that. I put $125 on that to win about 240 and uh, really, to be honest, I then said, you know what? I just didn't call the ladder better. Are you familiar with the ladder bet? I have not, but I'm, I'm a simple better, Steve. I don't know all the uh, complexities that you do. So let me just bring this up quick. I think it'll help uh, understand it. So oh, I see at, the ladder. There we go, right? It's the ladder bet. <laughs> and so if we start at the bottom there, you'll see that that's the $125 bet for six games and over. Then I said, hey, well, if they're going to win over six games – Maybe they'll make the playoffs. So I put another uh, $50 down to win uh, $250 because I was four to one odds. And then I'm like, well, you know what? If they're going to make the playoffs because right there's that extra spot anyways, maybe I move up and say, well, maybe they'll win the division. And I got it at nine to one, which, you know, just all future odds, they always go down, right? Okay. And then we'll just pop up to the next two. You can see where I'm going here. If yeah, going I, do. Against... I think you're going right down into the grave as opposed to up the ladder. <laughs> well, I said, hey, why not get my 60 to 1 odds that they'll actually win the AFC? And once they're in the Super Bowl, anything can happen. 125 to 1 odds makes me three grand. Be pretty cool. Yeah, if, if it works, Steve. Hey, the idea of the ladder bet is this we, I think we can agree winning six games is not crazy, right? No, but I think them winning the AFC East is definitely crazy. So then I lose 12 bucks. But okay. if they make the playoffs, I'm up 250 500 I, I, I understand the concept. So, hey, I'm a, I love the ladder bet. It's one Look, of my hopefully favorite plays. In, hopefully in February I'll come back and I'll tell you you were a genius. <laughs> when Tua is the MVP. <laughs> I'll be who honest. Knows, who knows if he even sees the field this year. I would love to see Fitzmagic be a Super Bowl MVP. It'd be the best thing of my life. That would like complete. You know, he comes in for like three, four games. He's unbelievable, and then he loses it. <laughs> yeah, consistency, right? No consistency there. One fun thing, and then we'll move on to the next bet. Is these bets that I got 125 to one for the Super Bowl and 60 to one for the AFC? They're down to 85 and 40. So just by waiting about six weeks, you've lost 20 times to 40 times the value. Yeah. So. 
you know, for those who are looking at future bets and really have a feeling for something, you got to jump on that now. Do not wait any longer. It's only going to keep dropping. Yeah, people are home placing bets now. <laughs> what else are you going to do? Yeah. So the next one is a bet that I like to call looks too good to be true. And it's like it sounds, right? You just, something's here. And uh, that's Dak Prescott. And I know, let's ignore the contract talk. His over-under for touchdowns is 27 and a half. So, I don't know. Are you a Dak Prescott guy? I'm not, but I'm betting the over here, Steve. He's got, he had 30 touchdowns last year. Yep. And now he has C.D. Lamb along with Gallup and um, Cooper. I mean, that's a great receiving core. Obviously, he has Elliott. He, he's got Elliott. He's got a great offensive line. So as long as Elliott stays healthy and they have to stack the box, I think he's going to, he's going to surpass that by a lot. I am 100% with you. I mean, he gained 1,100 passing yards last year, and that's because their defense keeps getting injured. So they're in games where he has to throw. They're behind. Um, and with McCarthy coming in, it's a pass-first offense. Yeah, and the key is Elliott being healthy because you need that run threat. Not a Tony Pollard guy. There's a lot of talk about Tony Pollard. No, Elliot's a machine. All right. Well, I actually put $75 on that one to win about 140 because I was also just like, this seems like a gimme. What am I missing? Uh, and, I mean, the only thing that could happen is the contract talks deteriorate to the point they start Andy Dalton over him. Or he gets injured. Maybe. He's a tough dude. Uh, so, all right. We've talked about the ex-girlfriend. We've talked about looks too good to be true. Let's just talk about some over-unders for QBs, straight and simple. So are there any ones that, you know, if you looked, uh, I think I sent them over to you. What what type of uh, QBs are you looking at that, that popped out at you? So four jumped out at me. I got three oh, wow. overs and one under. What do you want to hear first? Um, let me guess your under. Okay, go Is ahead. it Matty Ice Ryan who has the same over as Mahomes for the top yardage? You know, I, I was thinking that, but I decided to go with Carson Wentz. 3,900.5. The guy never stays healthy. The receivers are still suspect. Jeffrey, Jackson, they get hurt every season. Um, and they, they drafted his replacement. So uh, I, uh, I'm going with Wentz under 3,900.5. What do you think so, about that? So did you look at his yards last year? Yeah, I believe he clipped it by a little bit. Yep, he got 4,000 last year and obviously the year yeah. before that. He was way under at 3,000. Yeah, so. but he also stayed much healthier last year than he had in the past. I agree. I, I like that bet, actually. I think that's a good call. Um, but I do like Matty Ice also. The thing with Matty Ice is if you look him up, he does go over that. He, he throws a ton. And with Julio and Riley and just no running back right now, I mean, Gurley is going to be yeah. half the – I mean, I, I, I can see I think the that. Falcons are going to have a bounce back here. I agree. I'm actually a little bit high on the Falcons, but I'm not betting them – um, if they're over under and wins, I know what I actually don't know offhand. I want to say it's like nine and a half. It's actually decently high. I go up. I go over. Ten's a tough one. I go over. All right, let me get to my overs. Yeah, let's see this your one, overs. This one stuck out. Breeze over four thousand seventy-five point five. I mean, that's way low. That's clearly low. injury concern, right? That's all they're saying. Yeah. So if he stays healthy, I mean, the guy's thrown over five thousand yards in multiple seasons. He has an unbelievable receiving core this year. They picked up Emmanuel Sanders for my Niners. <laughs> and anytime you throw Camaro. That's that non-adjectivity I was talking about before came from your Niners. <laughs> he had like three days he's on a, your team and he's a he's star. A, he's a great wide receiver. Although he could have been a little faster on that uh, post route. <laughs> uh, what was he doing in the fourth quarter? Anyway, um, so I like Breeze. 
I like the um, the receivers. I think he's going to stay healthy. Um, he just lights up defenses. Like I, I don't. The number is way too low for me. He's going to have that one like four interception game. But you know what? Like we're not about but still, but still throw for three yards. yards mm-hmm. If he has a lot of interceptions, that means he's throwing for a lot of yards. Also, it's so true. All right, I like that one also. What you got next? All right, I you're gonna you're gonna get at me for this one, and it was hard for me to pick it. I'm going with Russell Wilson from the dreaded from the dreaded Seahawks over 4,000.5. I tried so hard to hate this guy, Steve, but he's so freaking good. He's so good, and they got that monster wide receiver DK Metcalf, who's gonna be who's gonna be unbelievable. He's gonna throw for over 250, 260 yards a game. He's 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 unbelievable. I think he's after Mahomes. He's the second best quarterback in the league. Well, two years ago, he only threw for 3,400. Obviously, he got a better receiving core this past year. Um, and then he got, he got to, where is he? 4,100. So he just got over. Yeah. That one sounds yeah. like dangerous to me. I, I think you, that, that might be like me picking the Dolphins where you're thinking your opponent is better than they are. And I, well, I think that – have you seen what DK Metcalf looks like? I've seen what he looks like. And I understand his defense okay. is going to have some tape on him now. We'll, we'll see. I, oh. I think that might be your weakest of the three. I like the All other right. two. Uh, there's actually only one pick on my side. Um, what do you got? I think that the most underrated QB on here, my boy, Drew Locke, second year in the system, just has to get over 3450. That is looking at about averaging 211 yards a game. That's a good bet. I rest my case. Hey, you know what? Pick a theory you like and go for it. Yeah. So, Morty, thank you so much for coming on. I hope we'll Thanks have you on again soon. Me. It was a blast. And now... Let's take a second to remember one. Remember when Count Dracula wanted courtside seats to a Spurs game? Well, Manu Van Helsing said no thank you. We're going to wrap up the show today with a bet I like to call the eye test. Not a lot of statistics going into it, not a lot of research, just it looks right. So obviously we haven't had a lot of sports recently, and so I started following the Bundesliga German Soccer League. I'm a little embarrassed to say, but I did not realize they have the largest average stadium attendance of any sport worldwide. Over 43,000 fans normally attend these games. Obviously not so much right now. Anyways, while I'm watching these, and by watching, I mean following the numbers on random sportsbooks apps, uh, I noticed there were a lot of ties happening. And rather than dig into the the stats and the numbers and what should I do, I figured let me just look at the next 18 games, put $10 on each of those games. $180. Let's see what happens. Well, day one finishes, and out of four games, I win two out of four. 50%. Now, these odds were all at plus 245 up to about plus 1100. By the way, never take plus 1100 on a tie in a soccer game. Practically impossible. Uh, but what I did notice is I just need like a third of those to hit. And two out of four on the first day, I'm feeling great. I'm at 50%. So I start talking to some of my DGen friends, and one of them immediately sends me a website that has all the statistics for the Bundesliga League, because that, of course, exists. And what we noticed in the last six years, the top out is 27% of the game's tie. Well, now I'm getting a little nervous, sweating a bit. Day two finishes. And I'm 5 of 9. I am in the black. I've made $190 back, and I have 9 games to go. I'm more than 50% at this point. 
the smart move would have been to say, well, if the odds should be 27% and I'm at closer to 60, uh, well, that means that at the end, I am going to expect these totals to you know, come back down and they're all not going to tie. But I figured, you know what, let it ride, right? having some fun. Bottom line is my DGen degenerate friends, right? They were right. And I went 0 for 9 on those next games. You know what the odds are in 5 out of 18? Fun fact, 27%. And someone asked me, hey, why would you bet on something you don't know if you have an edge on? Shouldn't you do some research? Well, I had a quick answer to that. Number one, I didn't want to spend the time. It's 180 bucks, And I didn't think I'd lose it all. So why not just see what happens? Also, a couple seasons ago, the Blackhawks, all their NHL games were going over. If I had waited to try to figure out, is this really a thing, da da da, I would have missed a lightning in a bottle. Lastly, us sports fans, like, let's be honest, does it always have to be about profit? Sometimes it's just more fun and exciting to see what happens. What can I say? The bottom line that I should say, math always wins. I look forward to hearing from all of you. So thank you for joining. Leave us some comments down below with some of the fighters you think are your best bets or that we should be totally avoiding, maybe even some future bets. And definitely check us out, Sportsden Radio on Twitter, and send me a message over at TPJ187, the poker Jew, living my best life seven days a week. Now, I'm going to pull a Marty McFly here, and we'll get back to the future next time I see you. NBA, NHL, MLB, more so NFL. I'm Aaron Losty-Stiefel. This has been The Odds Maker. Keep believing, and we're going to have fun breaking these odds wide open. <laughs>